This is the Northside Story Podcast. I am your host, Blake the Cat Miller, and I am joined, well, not today. I'm not joined by my best friend, Jake Baki, as he has taken his own bye week. Chargers have a bye week this upcoming week. Jake's going to take his now, so he's ready to go for our next episode on Thursday. So you only got me. You only got me this for this episode. Jake and I are coming off a fun little Vegas trip that you guys have seen on the Instagram, Northside Story underscore FF. You saw Baki's bets. You saw um, some cheers, some jeers. You saw what the three things I was watching. Overall, fun weekend. Looks like it was a little bit of too much fun for my boy Jake. But nevertheless, that's not a word. I'm going to go over our matchups. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode so we can stay on track. Any uh, new listeners um, that have stumbled by our Instagram and listening for the first time, I welcome you. It means a lot seeing the involvement that we've had on our Instagram as of late. We're going to keep that momentum going. We're going to start with this episode, so so let us get started. Since everything is about me this episode, let's go over my matchup first. The cat, hashtag clouds up, seals the victory over House Chargarian, 97.3 to 95.2. I have to put in the points there because it was a close matchup, and really... It was close because I had a couple of big performances, uh, most notably by Anthony Richardson. This is his first game back coming off injury, going up against my Rams. It was one of those games where I needed Anthony Richardson to prove whatever merit that I had in trading Lamar Jackson as him being a runner. He obviously looked good. He was able to run one in, but his passing looked pretty efficient. He has some chemistry with Michael Pittman. I think uh, Mo Alley-Cox is still running around out there, which is insane. The guy's been in the league longer than... I don't even know. But as long as he's um, catching touchdowns from my boy, Anthony Richardson, I'm going to take that big outing from him, 29.6. We also had uh, Derrick Henry. The Derrick Henry game that I've been waiting for, especially uh, using a high pick, my first overall, my first overall pick, I believe so. Having him come into the fray has been very nice, very exciting. Najee Harris finally cracked 10 points. This was that matchup that I talked about heading into this week where I, I had to see it, and he had a projection of 10.3, and he had 10.8. I don't know if I really saw it yet, but I saw something um, definitely positive. So one individual on my team that I'm excited for who I rolled into my lineup this week was Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, surprisingly, is on a pretty decent offense. They only put up 16 against San Francisco, but, I mean, who puts up much more against San Francisco besides my Rams? Uh, this season as a whole, but Marquise Brown always has had the talent. Um, even when he was in Baltimore, more of a volume guy, continues to be a volume guy for Josh Dobbs in this Arizona offense. He didn't pick up any of the t- uh, touchdowns. I believe it was some uh, unknown guy that picked up both. But Marquise Brown continues to be involved. Jalen Waddle, kind of a stink- stinker. Um, uh, twenty points only scored for Miami, but it's going to be kind of Jekyll and Hyde with him, with the uh, with the amount of running that they have on that team, and obviously Tyreek Hill. So I just got to pick my lumps. George Kittle. It's almost like every every other game he goes off. This is the one game that he had one catch for four yards. <laughs> what are you going to do? Now, I wish my boy Jake was here because I would love to see, hear his opinion on what I did on Monday night. So heading into Monday night, I was up two points. And then in my flex spot, I had um, Matt Breida. Now, Matt Breida did not. Matt Breida did uh, with Saquon Barkley being out, Matt Breida was the only running back on that team. I got scared, and I thought, you know what? I can see a world where Matt Breida fumbles 
and gets injured, and then I lose. I think fumble is three is three points, so that would have knocked me out. I just wanted to play it safe. Kind of a coward move, I'm going to say on my part, but you got to do what you got to do to get these fantasy victories. My team has started off very slow. I've only cracked 100, I believe, once. But I have two wins, so you got to get the wins as they come. Browns defense got smoked by Baltimore. Blake Rupi still has never missed a field goal inside a dome. Um, on my bench, Chris Godwin. I know there was the injury to Mike, Mike Evans. So, and Chris Godwin kind of had that big breakout game that I thought week after week heading into week four that I was going to see a little bit sooner, but I but I didn't. I mentioned uh, Matt Breed on my bench. He hit projection, so would have been a safe bet. And Jahan Dotson um, got a touchdown. I Honestly, with that score, 31-34, I thought he would have been a little bit more involved, but overall, decent outing. Let's go over to House Chargarian. Um, heading into Sunday Night Football out in Vegas, I I wasn't extremely convinced that I was going to be winning this matchup, especially with heading into Sunday Night Football and Patrick Mahomes starting quarterback. I almost I hedged a little bit and made a bet on um, Patrick Mahomes having a big game. Obviously, he didn't. Very um, unusual pedestrian game for Mahomes having two picks that were just atrocious and it really came down to him running that into the end zone at the last play of the game would have won this week for Steph with her losing by two what an absolute heartbreaker Kyron Williams continues to be a beast it whatever questions or if you're if I don't think there's people on the cam maker side in this situation but if you were a cam makers truther and you wanted to blame the team for his lack of success look at Kyron Williams because nothing much has really changed Kyron Williams just looks the real deal got a lot of pop out of that backfield um the Rams running scheme is pretty easy it's really up the gut there's nothing too fancy there's no manufactured runs to get him in space he's just a good up the gut runner Damian Pierce in a very plus matchup when they were ahead. Uh, he hit projections. I'm going to give him that. But definitely, he, he probably could have saw a little bit more. Pittsburgh defense is pretty good. But that Houston offense, especially in the aerial attack, they found a way to kind of victimize that defense. Adam Thielen hit projections again. What a nice complimentary piece for Bryce Young in that Carolina offense. We talked about in the first episode, Adam Thielen has some sneaky value. And even in a game where they only scored 13, the offense kind of stalled out in the second half. He got his due. Dallas Goddard continues to be um, a plague on House Targaryen's team. I know t- tight ends is a tough market to find the which one to do, which one to put out each and every week. I put out George Kittle, and that didn't do well for me either. But I still think there's some better options out there. Um, for Steph. I don't think Dallas Goddard is this uh, individual that you're going to lose sleep over dropping, and there are definitely more complimentary pieces um, out there. George Kittle, I feel like I can't drop him. I don't know why because I don't know, actually. That's a tough one. Tank Dell, we talked about in the last episode that I literally gift-wrapped Tank Dell, and Steph was very excited to plug him in the lineup. And I kind of called it. This is one of those situations where I drop him. This is a revenge game for Steph with Tank Dell using him against me and kind of a dud. Looking at her bench, DJ Moore and Christian Kirk um, continue to just cause havoc for Steph and her roster decisions. DJ Moore 
and as a whole, the Chicago Bears offense just awoke um, this weekend against Denver. Out of the gate, uh, Justin feels like a lot more comfortable in the pocket. Um, DJ Moore was very, very efficient with his workload, having nine targets, eight catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Last three weeks, he's averaging um, as a whole around like 16 points. He might be back in a situation where you plug him in your lineup. Um, Tutu Atwell that she started had a kind of a low week, but I I'm gonna write that one off. I'm really not sure about what what that wide receiver room is really gonna shake out once once Cooper comes back. Hopefully next week. So I think he's one more week um, holding on to see if he's still a fantasy asset. Tutu is. And I think um, the success that you've seen DJ Moore have these last three weeks, I would feel comfortable putting him back in the lineup. And then Christian Kirk. I mean, Jake talked about with Jacksonville, maybe he he always had this weird feeling that he saw Christian Kirk as an asset at home. As we all know, Jacksonville's second home is London. Could have been a start. But a lot of tough decisions. Odell continues to be on her bench and I don't know why. And I'm scrolling all the way down our lineup, and I totally forgot about this. Cooper Cup gets reinstated off the IR for Steph this upcoming week if he uh, is clear to play. Austin Eckler is going to have a bye this week. I would imagine that was in preparation for him to come back the following week. Steph, Steph's team's one and three. She's kind of in a hole right now, but she's getting back heavy hitters in her lineup. So if she can just write this ship, Try to avoid these Patrick Mahomes kind of down days. I definitely see a rebound game. I don't even care who they're playing against. Um, that offense definitely is going to pick up. Even just scoring 23, they're going to pick up. So Steph definitely has the pieces to turn this ship around. But she takes the L. House Trigarian goes to 1-3. and three. The cat, hashtag claws up, goes to 2-2. Two and two. Let's switch it over to my boy Baki Nakua Matata going up against the Fitch. Uh, Jake gets the L, 99 to 109. Fitch goes to 4-0. Um, I believe there's only two teams left in the 4-0 category. Let's talk about his team first. Starts off with Jalen Hurts. This was a really close matchup, and I think what sealed the deal for Fischl was the overtime game that got pushed in that Philadelphia-Washington matchup. Jalen Hurts, um, relatively positive day, um, but just those extra points in that in that second half really kind of put the nail in, in Jake's coffin because he had a lot of duds, uh, Fitch, Fitch's team. Evan Ingram uh, in London, nine points, went over projections. He was kind of that dark horse that Jake was talking about in the last episode, but um, didn't really hurt him that bad. Chris Olave, my Saints aren't looking too good. I am, I'm getting a little nervous about them. And um, it really comes on the back of just that offense. I know that defense is pretty good, but I mean, getting giving up 26 points to the Bucks. I think Baker's back, but still, that offense is pretty troublesome. I believe Alvin Kamara had 13 catches for about like 38 yards, which is insane. Um, Chris Olave is a deep downfield deep threat. There is a lot of offensive pieces on that team. Now with the addition of Alvin Kamara and his sure-handedness, um, it, it's going to be easy for a um, quarterback like Derek Carr, check down God, especially him coming off injury with his little AC joint, his shoulder. I think the game plan was to keep it short, maybe battle with this Bucks defense. Game got out of hand. Chris Olave kind of fell through the cracks in terms of his need in that offense, and which is a bummer because Chris Olave shown last year that he is, I mean, he's probably a top 
15 wide receiver. And if you don't have a quarterback to give you the ball, then you're not going to do anything. Guys that did do some something for Fitch's team, James Cook continues to just be solid. Say solid running back on this uh, Bills team. Um, whether they're blowing a, blow, have a blowout against Miami or they're struggling in like a Jets game, he's going to produce. DeAndre Swift backfields his. There's, uh, I know Kenneth Gainwell, I believe, got in, uh, got a touchdown on that two point conversion late in the game. But he, you're rolling DeAndre Swift. He is probably an RB2, maybe a low end RB1 rest of the year. What a great. Great addition for Brian's team. And Justin Jefferson continues to be Justin Jefferson. Very slow output game for Kirk Cousins. I don't believe he cracked. I'm going to say I don't think he cracked over 175 yards, but it doesn't really matter. Justin Jefferson continues to be the focal point in that offense, and he's going to manufacture points all day long. The The question, though, um, I have for Brian is I, I, I wonder if it's a, if it's a strategic thing for him to do it or is this a situation where it's Saturday night, Sunday morning, I'm not really paying attention to my lineup. I'm just going to roll it who what it is. Uh Brian played Dolphins defense. They scored a negative 5. Now Dolphins defense leading up to this game have just been bad. I mean, week 1 they got nothing against the Chargers. Week uh week 2 they had 10, 8 against Denver. What do you expect? It's bad defense, but so far against high-powered offenses, this team hasn't produced. So maybe that's a situation that Brian can look into. Um, he does have an empty bench slot on his team, so he can go pick one, pick someone out whenever he wants. Really, at this point, he's got to wait till waivers. But overall, 109 is a solid effort, um, considering that he had two guys, Olave and the Dolphins, score negative four points. But Jake Elliott... Continues to just hammer home 50-yarders with this 18-point output. So let's go to Nakua. Nakua Matata, what can we say about him? Raheem Mostert, four points. Woof. Now, obviously a product of the score. The start of the game, they were trading touchdowns, and Raheem definitely was used to – Raheem and just the running back as a whole, running back room as a whole, were used to put them in positions to score, but – this is it's rough. I mean, the addition of Arcane and his explosiveness. There's definitely situations that that can arise where Arcane's got that juice. You can roll with him, and Raheem can be more of a spellback, or it can be vice versa. Where Raheem is flashing early, and they want to roll with him, but you lose this lead. Um, you lose the lead like midway through the second quarter. You start falling behind. He's Raheem is not I, I think he's not the running back you leave out there that can be um completely utilized in like the pass game. And it showed four points. Lamar Jackson, I hate you. I hate myself for tra- making that trade. I feel like kind of hose myself there. And Lamar Jackson continues to be a threat um on the ground. Uh, I don't think the passing game really is a hundred percent there yet. Um definitely not the uh, the expectations coming into the season with the addition of their offensive units but he's running again and that's I didn't give myself any chance to wait it out I mentioned it in Fitch's box score but Alvin Kamara Alvin Kamara I'm gonna confirm how many catches he had I swear he had he had a he had 13 catches for 33 yards that has got I believe that is the worst yardage output for any player that had 13 catches. Look it up. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson actually looked pretty good. Um, 
didn't hit the projections, but I think everyone in their everyone and their mother thought that the Jets were just going to get waxed on Sunday night, but they actually put out a respectable game. Um, quarterback Zach Wilson was moving the ball pretty well. Almost said Garrett Wilson again. The Garrett and Zach kind of threw me off there, but I was able to recover. But Garrett Wilson looked decent. That offense still still needs to take a, another step. Kind of a yucky game. Pukunakua finally got a touchdown. Sitting next to Jake during the game. He's still telling me, well, he needs to get a touchdown. He needs to get a touchdown. I mean, he wiped that touchdown off the board. He still had a 20-point outing. Puka, it's going to be very interesting to see what his involvement when uh, Cooper Cup comes back. I, 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 don't, I don't see him falling off the edge of the cliff. I think the talent is obviously there. Um Obviously, obviously there. And I'm, I'm more excited as a Rams fan. Um, this team has looked good at times. And they've looked frustrating at times. And I think, obviously, the addition of Cooper Cup is going to help that offense. Um, in, in terms of consistency that we saw fall apart in that second half in that Colts game, which led to their comeback, their defense is always going to be an issue. They're a very young team. But that offense sometimes sputters out, especially when... Um, especially when teams start doubling Puka. But the addition of Cooper Cup, I don't know, maybe it limits Puka's uh, targets as much, maybe makes him more of a viable uh, red zone threat. Who knows what, what it, it's, it remains to be seen. Travis Kelsey, Sunday night dud, no touchdown. I'm so tired of Taylor Swift. I'm so, so tired of it. Michael Pittman, uh, Jake was all excited watching uh, Michael Pittman walk into the stadium Uh with Anthony Richardson, and they were sharing uh, the same shirt, like a stepbrothers meme, and dud. Michael Pittman is, is solely a target soaker. He needs nine catches to be anywhere relevant. He is not, for some reason, he is not an end zone. He's not a touchdown guy. It's kind of the same problem that you have with like guys like Chris Godwin, I mean, prior to, prior to this week, but kind of a dud week. Philadelphia kind of got, <laughs> Philadelphia got waxed. In terms of their defensive unit, 31 points. And Matt Gay, Matt Gay revenge game did not look good for Jake. And that ultimately was just one of the reasons why he lost. Um, Nakua Matata goes 1-3. One one and three. Fitch, 4-0. Biggest blow of the week. And and I, if, if you know the friend circle, you know how close we are. Um... It sounds like I'm picking on the Law Dogs, and it sounds like I'm hyper-focusing on his team. But QB Sneaks won 160 to 87, almost doubled Law Dogs' team score. And what what contributed to that? What happened to the Law Dogs? C.J. Stroud is a great pickup and a move for the Law Dogs and his team. Um we all talked about, and I think the whole kind of fantasy landscape talked about Trevor Lawrence being that like that separation from say the top six six quarterbacks from kind of the the next tier, the ones you're not extremely excited about, like your Geno Smiths or hmm, who's another like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins looks kind of great besides last week, but there was kind of a consensus in the fantasy football community of like you got to grab one of these quarterbacks. And Trevor, Trevor Lawrence was like on that tail end between like him and Herbert. And week after week, Trevor Lawrence just in that offense just, just did not look good. Had a bounce back week out in London, his second home. And, but Phil made the decision to go to CJ Stroud, who's looked really good. 
And I was very high in, on Houston, especially this week. I used them as my underdog pick of the week. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But 30-6, to six, offense was humming. CJ Stroud looked good, 23 points. Great decision by Phil. Jameer Gibbs. I wasn't high on Jameer Gibbs heading into the season. I continue to not be high on him. He's been an analytical darling in terms of his touch for his carries and what he's doing with his limited role, but it is what it is. It's the limited role that DeAndre Swift had last year. It's it's one of those situations, though, that the the Lions are winning. They're thir- they, they won this game 34-20. to 20. The offense looks good, and it can be frustrating for individuals that saw the town in college, like Jake mentioned, talk about how dynamic he was. But this situation is a situation we all saw coming because we all saw it last year. And um, I know I was a hater saying that um, David Montgomery is not the Jameson. Jameson, I'm already blanking on his name because that was such a bad take by me. Um, but Jameer Gibbs, he's not a part of this offense. He's he's important, not for fantasy. So I think there's definitely, definitely some options that I'm going to talk about on Phil's bench that he could have made. Uh, Kenneth Walker, 13.9, pretty solid outing, kind of a bad game. Um, besides that pick six, really 17-3 game. Slow, um, continues to be involved. Jamar, K- Jamar Chase in a game where they only scored three points, still had 10, 10 uh, targets. Was pissed after the game, talking about how he's always open. I want to say this is one of those situations where the squeaky wheel gets the oil, where the hell that expression is. But that offense just looks bad. Joe Burrow does not look the same I don't know I don't know what to make of that offense and as I mentioned uh in the last matchup I don't know what wide receiver I was talking about but you can be a oh you can be a top wide receiver but if you're not getting the ball you're not going to be doing anything and this is a situation right now with Joe Burrow in this in this Bengals offense are where it's just it's just not working Amon Ross St. Brown hit projections believe he rolled in for a touchdown Sam Laporta I mean, in the tight tight end fantasy fantasy tight end landscape, you're going to take Sam Laporta. You're taking those seven points every week. Javante Williams did get injured. I believe I was reading reports that um, it doesn't look so serious, but the um, the work of McLaughlin, Shane McLaughlin, I'm guessing. I'm going to guess there. The uh, His work that he put in when he came in, he looked electric. He looked like he had plenty of juice. It almost looked like he was fighting for a job there. It was his backfield and Denver, he was part of a big comeback. So it's definitely something you look forward to. It's bummed out for Javante Williams. He didn't really have a backfield. Um, he didn't really have a backfield or anyone uh, chasing him. I mean, Samaj P. Ryan was there, but Samaj P. Ryan has a very uh, finite, selective role in that offense. And this McLaughlin guy definitely is gonna gonna maybe eat into some eat into some of those snaps. Um, I talked about with Phil's bench. Devon Arcane. I talked about it in the last week. Phil did $88 on Arcane. And he invested all this money into him. And then he put him on the bench. Arcane had 25 points. He was the one running back he wanted in that blowout against Buffalo. I I don't I don't understand why he's not in the lineup. I I just don't get it. Khalil Herbert, also on Phil's bench. I kind of get that because I don't want to start Khalil Herbert. Not one bit. So I don't blame Phil on that one. 
But Phil, Phil, in a PSA to anyone, anyone out there that's listening to me, if you're spending like more than 40% of your budget in fab, please start the guy because you know this is going to happen. You spend all this money, you're excited to get him, and you don't start him, you know he's going to go off on your bench. So, Law Dogs, I'm sorry. QB sneaks, though, 160. Holy moly. And it came off the back of three players. A.J. Brown was absolutely on fire um, sitting at the sports book and see all these screens, and they had the Eagles – they had the Eagles commanders game out in the distance, but um, AJ Brown was wearing oh, is it his gloves or his shoes, something he was wearing. So when I, when I know that, that was him, every time I looked at the screen, he was just literally popping off the screen, whether it was, he broke, broke out of a route and was on a big run or he's making a catch there. The camera seemed to always be on him this past Sunday. And we talked about it. He was frustrated in the last matchup. Guy wanted the ball. It seems like he's gotten it now tenfold. And if you're uh, if you're a Demonte Smith owner, this is just this is those these are the games that, you, that you're scared to see. Justin Fields' offenses looked a lot better last week. He was able to push the ball downfield. He had DJ Moore open. He ran a little bit. What an absolute collapse though! I believe they were up 21-0 at one point. And that offense just started to sputter. Chris McCaffrey, five touchdowns. Let me say that one more time. No, not five touchdowns, four touchdowns. Seemed like five. Um, he He's an absolute monster. Like, I would be interested, interested to see what MVP odds because he is literally carrying that team. Talked about in the last, uh, last couple weeks about uh, if you're rolling over, Anytime touchdowns for Christian McCaffrey. I think that number is now is like a little over a million dollars. A million dollars. If you're just saying, yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey's going to get a touchdown today. And when you got him in your lineup, when you got him on your team, there's not any trade out there. I would love if you're listening to this. Go to our Instagram and maybe I'll put a clip of this. If you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, what is the trade that you would need for you to trade him? Let me know because I would love I would love to hear the hypotheticals because I don't think I can do it. The guy is a there is no more set it and forget it player in all of fantasy sports that I've ever seen. And I haven't been playing that long. Um, Doug Martin rookie year. That's when I started. Oof, what a great year that was. He was so good. That Bucks team. But guy's a monster. So just off the back of those two guys, he had 80 points. Those two guys alone almost beat Phil. Um, as in Chris McCaffrey, AJ Brown, Justin Fields, twenty-seven, Keenan Allen, kind of a low, uh, low outing, still ten points, kind of a sputtered offense. It seems like both uh, Chargers and the Raiders at times seem like they're they're in the mud. Darren Waller continues to suck, and maybe not him. I'm not gonna put it on him. He's still out there. Really, his. His greatest ability is availability, and he's been available this year, but that offense has just not been. C.D. Lamb hit projections, nothing really special there. 49ers defense, number one defense taken off the board, three points against Arizona. Arizona Arizona is not an automatic defense start. I think the league is put on notice by 
what Josh Dobbs is doing and that Arizona team's doing. 16 points. They uh, not a lot. They didn't force a lot of turnovers, and they couldn't stop them. And the two uh, two touchdowns that he did. So three points, kind of a disappointment. Tyler Bass is Tyler Bass, I guess. I don't. There's not much to say. Nothing on his bench really stands out to me. We talked about a Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook. I don't want anything to do with that Jets running back room. Not one bit. Don't want it. Get it away from me. Uh, Dak Prescott is literally the definition of average as a quarterback. Dalton Kincaid. No, no thanks. Um, Ravens D, whatever. Joshua Kelly, whatever. HHL, whatever. It really does not matter who's on his bench. Because QB uh, sneaks with the 160, 160 outing. Goes to 2-2. Two and two. Law Dogs. The Law Dogs are 0-4 yet again. Another close matchup. We had Team Mercier. First meet the Robinson. Team Mercier, 108. Meet the Robinsons, 104. And text messages were shooting around. I'm trying to look at matchups here on their team. I don't see anyone that played Monday night. Oh, yep. TK Metcalf. This came down to literally a three-point swing on Monday night football. DK Metcalf had 10. Um, whoa. What a... What a way to lose. Let's go over to Robinson's first. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had a pretty good game. 23 yards. Definitely the rushing touchdown helped. Um, two rushing touchdowns, I believe, actually. He did. Uh, he was removed from the game ever so slightly for the, uh, I believe he has a fracture in his finger. Something to monitor. It's not in his throwing hand. So I don't think it's going to limit him as much. But definitely something you should look into. Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson is a backup. Um He's a backup piece. And I think in you're going to see in these closer games when they have a lead, they're going to lean on Khalil. And I think the only output that we've seen from Roshan, um, I mean, week one, week one against Green Bay, the game was kind of close. He had 14 points, but five points uh, week two, six points week three, and he had two this week. He's not a startable piece. He's definitely a guy that I'm interested in keeping. Um Especially maybe later in the year when that, whenever they figure out what they're gonna do in that in that Chicago Bears offense, uh, Roshan Johnson definitely is a good piece, but I don't want that offense, and I definitely don't want the backup of that offense. Uh, Bijan Robinson out in in London this past week, he looked really good. Um, if you watch the Toy Story, the uh, Toy Story stream, just watching him just absolutely dice people up, cutting. Um, you don't need touchdowns for him now. You obviously want touchdowns, but you're getting 14 carries, 105 yards, five catches for 32 yards. You had almost a buck 50 all purpose. And um, even under such limited touches, I mean, what we had 19. It's kind of high. I mean, that's doesn't, doesn't eclipse his season high that he had in week two, but any, any target, any attempt, something special with this guy. So 16 points. I mean, it's it's not it's not league winning by any means, but it's consistent, especially in running back. Especially you hit a two burger with your other running back. That um, you got you got to love to have that guy. DK Metcalf, solid out. I'm gonna give it to you straight. Don't even watch Monday Night Football because I'm not watching. I'm not interested in the Giants and and Seattle. So just still couple of points made the difference in that matchup definitely stressful going to that calvin ridley first time uh first touchdown 
in that London game was pretty quiet after that. That Jags offense surprisingly has a lot more options that um, there are going to be weeks where he may not be the number one wide receiver. He may not be the third third wide receiver like we saw last week. But there may be weeks that he's just the number two wide receiver. And you're going to get projections. You're not going to get you're not going to get definitely what you drafted him as. He was kind of a high pick, I believe. He was drafted in the fourth round. And usually in the fourth round, you're getting guys like, I mean, guys like on Neither Robinson's team, like a DK or, man, I'm trying to think even, the, like maybe, mm, I don't think Keenan went in the fourth, but um, definitely not the production, product, uh, production that you would imagine getting Calvin at. I think. I don't think week one where he had 23 was the number. I think something like 15, 16, considering the talent, considering that you thought that you were going to a team with uh, elevated offense, Trevor Lawrence taking the next step. But Trevor Lawrence had a better week. You're not getting the lows that you had last week, which was, I believe, five. You'll take this 11, but you're hoping for better. Hunter Henry, consistent seven points. Terry McLaurin, it's always going to be a battle. I think the... Commander's offense really isn't... It's not that bad. Sam Howell's actually been pretty uh, proficient. Um, there hasn't been a wider, a true wide receiver that's completely separated themselves in that in that Washington uh, wide receiver room. Curtis Samuel had a weird touchdown. You're not going to take that um, in, into consideration. Really, it's between Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin was the uh, was a decision, I believe. I don't know if he listened to us, but I think we both... Jake and I both promoted uh, Terry McLaurin as a play, but... You'll take it. That's a great, great move by him, um, swapping him out. Chiefs defense kind of hit a stinker. Zach Wilson was the ultimate, ultimate target, especially heading into these past couple weeks, seeing how horrible that Jets offense. But he was clicking. Something was something was working for him. He was able to move the ball. There was uh, some long third third downs that he was able to convert. Um, Chiefs defense, especially as a fantasy play, weren't able to feast on that. Harrison Bucker at 11. Only big notes I'm going to say, Brian Robinson, I'm sorry. I, I continue to say that your matchups are bad matchups, but you continue to surprise me with 12 points. Cam Akers got a little bit of run against Minnesota, had six points. I think with with Madison, and as I say that, we're going to go over to Team Mercier's matchup uh, lineup. She has Alexander Madison. Madison had 10 points, and Cam Akers had six. I think this might be a situation that they're going to eat into each other kind of a no it's not even kind of it was a bad offensive game for minnesota kirk cousins are starting quarterback only at 10 um I, you're not going to get this type of offense every week especially this the Vikings team's trying to figure it out i would be interested to see if they knock a couple more losses on this on this record what decisions that they're going to make in terms of like trading pieces i would say this next three week stretch is the it's pretty tough they got kansas city at home they're on the road against Chicago. That should be a cake matchup. And then San Francisco and Green Bay. Um, I would say three out of the four pretty tough matchups. Definitely losable matchups. Um, Alexander Madison. Maybe Alexander Madison could be even a trade piece. A uh, team that wants to short up the running backs. Um, with the addition of Cam Akers in that offense, I think you got to wait a couple weeks. Like we always talk about the Eagles running back room. Let them play out. See what you got there. And um, if either Madison. If Madison, I think the best best scenario for both of these owners is if Madison separates from Cam Akers, that makes it easy for Robinson to just have it as a sash play, maybe a high end um, handcuff. 
if I'm Sam, if if Cam Akers is getting anywhere near maybe 10 touches, um, last week he had seven. If he's getting 10 touches, I don't think Madison's a play. I really don't. Um, especially with Cam Akers being his first week. Super interested. I want to watch that second matchup against KC. Um, especially if I think that KC is going to take a lead, which I think it's going to be a revenge game. If they take a lead in that game, and if Minnesota's offense starts to sputter, I think Cam Akers is the better receiving back in that backfield. So it's just going to be very interesting. Stephon Diggs was absolutely a monster for Sam's team, 35 points. Um, when that Buffalo offense is cooking, what it usually means is Josh Allen's probably ran a couple in, or Gabe Davis has a random like 40-yard touchdown. That guy's been a touchdown machine this year. Makes no sense. But really, it's always Stephon Diggs. It starts and ends with Stephon Diggs, and that offense, 35 points. Take that, take that to the bank. T. Higgins. What do we do with team T, uh, T Higgins here? Um, looks like he picks up an injury. Um, looks like there was some issues with a fractured rib. They're not sure yet if that's going to rule him out for this Sunday. It's really going to come down pain management, but wow. What a fall from grace T Higgins has been. And just the Cincinnati offense as a whole, when that offense is struggling, I, I really think it's just going to lean on just Joe Mixon and, uh, Jamar chase. T. Higgins will not have an impact in this offense the way that it's currently functioning. Um, we got Zach Moss kind of fall from earth. Pat Fryermuth, I believe she just dropped him. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys defense. Dallas Cowboys defense gets Steph or uh, gets Sam 26 points. It pretty much leads the way for her team. We talked about heading into this matchup. I believe I want to say that we both, Jake and I both took me the Robinsons. He's going to correct me once he listens to this. But leaving David Montgomery on your bench, 33 points, 33 points, and being able to scrape out a victory is insane. She also left Brandon Ayuk on the bench, and I think going forward, uh, you you have to play him. He's he definitely looks he is you know he is the best wide receiver on that team. And Brock Purdy is a pretty consistent quarterback. He's going to get him the ball. Um, it's not going to turn it over a lot. You're not going to have these like wasted possessions. A lot of three and outs. That offense is, they're not dynamic. They're not like your Chiefs or like your Bills or your Dolphins, but they're very consistent and having, and that's all predicated on a guy like Brandon Ayuk that you can use him short, um, intermediate, and deep routes. And he's going to catch the ball. He's going to. He had six targets, caught all six, 148 yards. Plug and play. Don't even second guess it going forward. But she can't, um, she didn't really need it. She did it. Team RCA 108. She goes to two and two. Meet the Robinsons 104. He goes to one and three. And finally, we're at our matchup of the week. Two four no, uh, not four no. Excuse me. Two three no teams heading into this week. The Notorious versus Rum Runners. Notorious goes to four and zero though with a one eleven to sixty four. 64. That is a low week. And what contributed to that? Rum Runners started out with Jordan Love. He was looking real rough um, on Thursday until he picked it up. So at the end, that offense started moving along. But brutal. Just brutal. Uh, Tony Pollard in that blowout win against New England really wasn't that big of a factor. There was a couple... Uh, there was a lot of short fields. Um, we had the scoop and score from Dallas's defense. I believe there was a couple... I mean, we just talked about 25 points. I'm not going to really dive into it that much. But 
these are one of those weird games where uh, you don't really need to rely on the offense that much to put up points, and they didn't. And Tony Pollard definitely wasn't a, a factor in it. Travis Etienne in London was just pedestrian. Devontae Adams, he was in the game to start, got hurt, came back. Um, you're rolling out a rookie first time, I believe, starting quarterback for, for Oakland who struggled moving the ball, uh, struggled with his ball security. And he he just, I mean, just didn't do it. And Devontae's a, definitely a benef, uh, benefactor of solid quarterback play. And Jim McGraw is not the greatest quarterback in the world, but that's all kind of Devontae needs. But you take a step below, you're going to see where production is going to dip. Debo Samuel coming off, I I want to say coming off injury, but I'm pretty sure he's healthy here. Yeah, he's healthy. Just after having a big game last week, um, no target, three carries, six yards. Absolutely brutal. But the Brandon Ayuk and Debo, there's something there where I I don't think you can you no, I know you can't sit Debo because of you want pieces in that offense, but you you can't expect 14 what this projection was when Brandon Ayuk's in that lineup for some reason. That offense dynamic has changed Debo. Debo's just I don't know. That's a, that's a tough decision, what you do um, starting him going forward. Luke Musgraves, we talked about the concussion. Devontae Smith, hit projections, you're going to take the 11 points, but when you look across the, when you're looking on the box score, you see A.J. Brown going off as he did. You're probably crumping off your paper, you're shutting off your app if you're a run runner, if you're seeing, why isn't my guy getting that? Saints defense kind of got rolled. Justin Tucker, they don't really need him. It seems like this offense either really stinks or they're finishing their drives. He had four points. On his bench, nothing special. I talked about Gabe Davis is now um, scoring a lot of touchdowns. Tyler Boyd's probably droppable at this point. Um, Kyle, Kyle Pitts, three points. And weird game, James Conner. I feel like James Conner is typically almost matchup proof because whether he runs or he, um, whether he's running the ball or he's in the backfield catching passes, usually can kind of plug him in. But six points against San Francisco. It's going to happen. He's not. He's not the greatest running back of all time. He's not going to put up 15, 12, 12, 15 points every single week. He's going to have dead weeks like he had this week with only six. We go to a 4-0. We go to the Notorious. Josh Allen absolutely cooked Miami. I think this was a big statement game for Buffalo. I think there's a lot of question marks. We have already, a lot have already crowned Miami as the leaders in that division. This was a game for Buffalo to kind of say, no, nah, I don't think so. We got what it is. Josh Allen, usually when it comes to big games, he, he always puts up a show, especially in the regular season. There's probably question marks about his performance in the playoffs, but in regular season, you got a early matchup, week four matchup against a divisional opponent that's been kind of on their high horse. Josh Allen able to deliver his running ability, his, able, his ability to to just put up insane amount of yards, of 324 touchdowns and um, a touchdown on the ground. You, that's that's Josh Allen. I don't. There's not much I can really say. Josh Jacobs is back. He seemed like he caught so many balls at the backfield, having eight catches, 17 yards, 58, and a touchdown. It really it comes to him at this point. I don't, I don't think he, I don't. I mean, maybe with this running back landscape, with a couple of the big injuries that we've seen, maybe he's projected out as an RB one for the rest of the year. But he he needs to score. If he's run the ball, he needs to get a touchdown. Efficiency wise, he's he's averaging about three yards a carry. That is not good it's not going to do it 
But if you're getting eight catches for 81 yards, you're practically a wide receiver. And if you're if you're squeaking by 12 points through the air, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with that. Now, was that a product of this younger this uh, young quarterback starting and no Jimmy G? Maybe. But he's been catching the ball throughout the year. He's averaging prior to this week about three to four a game. He'll take it. Isaiah Pacheco is the most fun running back I've no, that not that I've ever seen. He's just the most fun running back in the NFL. Um they always talk about like running backs not having any wasted movement. I dude, this guy looks like the energizer bunny before he gets the ball, during when he gets the ball. He gets the ball and he like does quick feet. Like before he even goes, he just like and then it just booms. He hits a hits a hole and he's like on the ground already tackled. He's running in place. It's insane. It's so fun to watch. And this is a good matchup for him. This is a matchup that heading heading into this, I thought you got to play him. It's kind of like the Brian Robinson effect. They're going to be up. You got to play him. He's going to run. He's going to. I mean, he he. I think he passed about seventy yards in the first half with that big touchdown run. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's gonna have these slow games. I mean, I'll take a I'll take a floor of eight eight points for Tyreek Hill in a matchup where offense just wasn't doing anything besides like Arcane. You'll take it. Uh Jacoby Myers stunk. Um I think you gotta watch quarterback play, especially going forward with uh the Raiders. Jimmy G's not playing. I I I don't think you can expect this uh rookie quarterback to running through his progressions. I think it's a one for one. One, maybe two, and then um, if if Jacoby's not Jacoby's not flashing or he's not getting the eye of this quarterback, you're going to see a lot of checkdowns like what we saw with Josh Jacobs. Um, TJ down week. I'm not gonna not gonna crush him that much. That Minnesota offense just didn't get much going. Tyler Lockett continues to be a boomer bust play at seven. I talked about it. Steelers defense. Woof, 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 woof. Minus three against Houston. Daniel Carlson. Who cares? I'm not. Talking about every kicker. Mike Evans is the one interesting note I want to make on Trey's team. He looks like he tweaked his hamstring during Sunday's game. And we all know anything about hamstring injuries. It's that good luck. Good luck uh, trying to figure out that situation. Um, he There's an extended time out. He is going to be getting Christian Watson off the IR. Um, he did play this past week, but he left him on the IR. So... Mike out. Mike Evans is out for a standout point in time. He's got Christian Watson, who's going to be a number one option for Jordan Love. And that offense, besides this past week, is pretty efficient. So definitely a plug and play if he wants to swap out Tyler Lockett or Jacoby Myers. But he's got options, but he didn't need all his options. He went uh, 4-0 this week. Notorious is second place in terms of total points. Run Runners gets his first loss of the year, going to 3-1. And, and third place isn't that bad. And that is it for this episode of the Northside Story Podcast. I got nothing more to say. Well, actually, I have a little bit more to say. Thank you for anyone that is listening for their first time. It is exciting to have you on board. I'm excited to see your likes and comments and suggestions on some of the trades that we've had. Um, I continue to implore that. Share this with your friends, your family, sister, brother, mother, whoever. Northside Story underscore FF on Instagram. We're constantly posting uh, fun little memes on the stories or you get this embarrassing uh, close-up camera video of me that I'd love for you to share. Invite people into this uh, podcast community and whatever you want to call it. But that is it for this episode. I will see you next week or I will see you on Thursday, actually. Not next week. We're going to talk about next week's matchups. Hopefully Jake's there. And if he's not, maybe I'll have a special guest with me. So 
Good night, salutations, and thank you for listening to the Northside Story Podcast.